Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're gonna need each other. Hello, sir! (laughs) What did you think? I thought I was good. I think I was like, can I have some more podcast, please? Oh. But then I scratched that. But do you like that? Kind of. Should we the do- only reason I ask is because Mita wrote down what she was going to put on her phone. She's like kind of disappointed with what it was. So <laughs> oh I was kind of curious to be like, wait, what did you think it was going to be? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's done now. Yeah. The moment has passed. Yeah. Can I have some more podcast, please? Sure. <laughs> okay. It's just not the same. It doesn't land the same way. Whatevs. <laughs> Mita, how's it going? I'm here. You are. You're here. I'm here. We are together. together. We're gonna sing this whole episode. No, we're not. Oh. <laughs> That's not what I signed up I for. Know. This is an hour episode. I don't think we're that good at this. <sighs> Mita, we are four days out? Sure. The Oscars? We're, yes. <laughs> is- I can't do them. We're in the past. I think people... We're always in the past, though. We're in the past. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, this is airing on March 8th. The Oscars are in four days. (laughs) Thank you. So we are right... It is down to the wire now. At this point, all the votes are in. It's coming. It's coming up. Will there be another slap? Will Warren Beatty screw up another Best Picture They weren't inviting him again. (laughs) Wait, didn't he do it the next year? He did, right? Just to make up... Is that what it was? I think so, yeah. Okay. They let him do it the next year. Anyways. Yeah. Let, we'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out. All will be revealed. <laughs> All the Will Smith jokes will be had. We'll see what happens. Do you think they'll say something? I think Jimmy Kimmel will make some allusion to it. I don't think he's ballsy enough. No, Jimmy Kimmel is pretty ballsy. But he won't be as obnoxious as whatever his name was from the Golden Globes. Gerard? He was terrible. <laughs> Gerard Carmichael? He was terrible. His jokes weren't funny. They were not good. No. no none of it. None no, of it no. were. Have you seen the um, the Jimmy Kimmel trailer for the Oscars? I have, like, yeah. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. It's I like Jimmy, and Jimmy's always done a good job at the Oscars. He's he's fine. Jimmy was there the La La Land year. I want, um, like, a new host. I would like Jimmy Fallon to do it. To yeah. do the Oscars? I could see it. You know who would love to do the Oscars? Tina Fey and Amy yeah, Poehler, exactly. but they will never do they it. They said they won't. They won't do it. No. I'd be open. I I didn't like Amy Schumer. I think Wanda Sykes could do it on her own. Maybe. She doesn't need backups. No. Wanda Sykes is funny. Yes. She's hilarious. I mean, we'll find out. Okay. But I think Jimmy Kimmel is a... He's a... Safe bet. Safe bet. bet In a good way. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I was interested last year when there were like three hosts. And I was interested when they said three women. I think yeah. that's interesting. And now this year it's like, okay, white boy again. Th- yeah. And I think I think they're trying to do a little damage control because mm-hmm. Regina Hall was not good. No. 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 And what happened at the Golden Globes is really unfortunate. With her? Yeah. What happened with her? Uh, when she... So Kevin Costner won. Do you remember this? Yeah. And she... The reason why he was not there yeah. was because of some like... Re- there was really bad... Um, not fires. Why am I? It's the opposite of fires. It's rain. Oh, there yes. was flooding. Yes, That's yes, the word I'm yes. For. I there remember was this. Flooding, and, and she then accepted, she like yeah, she accepted it. it, but then she was laughing of like this yeah. guy's excuse, and she like it's the bad weather, and yeah. like she really misspoke. Yeah, 
Yeah. And she had that weird, awkward joke with Brad Pitt. Pitt. That she did at the Oscars originally. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, girl, you're repeating yourself. We get it. You like Brad Pitt. We all do. She also was like the third person to To make that joke. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we'll see. Quinta B's Brad Pitt was was the best one. It was the best, like, oh, there's Brad Pitt. No, it wasn't even that. She said, hey, Brad Pitt. In the middle of her acceptance (laughs) speech, it was perfect. Yeah. But we are not here to talk about Brad Pitt, Mita. I'm always here to talk about Brad Pitt. Since we are so close to the wins, let's hear our choices. Okay. So just of the top six categories. Yes. Just to give our audience a little preamble about what we're going to do. We're going to give our predictions of who will win and who should win. Okay. Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Actor, Actress, Director. And then I want you to rank 10 to 1. Okay. Best Picture. Um, I would like to preface this with saying that I hate ranking things. Yes, me really Like hates. with a burning passion. Nadim and I used to have well, be at a workplace in which you were ranked on your team, and I still have PTSD from no, that. It was a stupid place to work. It was stupid. Pla- I was ranked high too, but yeah. like I still am mad about it. So. Okay, me. <laughs> Give me your. We'll alternate back and forth. Okay. Best supporting actor. Mm-hmm. Will win. Should win. Kihui Khan. Will and should. Will and should. Yeah. For sure. There's no argue. There's like no one even comes close. No. His, his Golden Globe acceptance speech pretty much cemented his win. And what I like about it is like his performance is very good in it. Yeah. And his story is really yeah. good. So it's a year where there's like obvious campaigning, but it's like, oh, well, I'll allow this campaigning yeah. to happen. It's cute. It's cute. I want this and like nice. heartwarming yeah, story. Yeah, it's a heartwarming story. It's yeah. not dirty campaigning. Exactly. It's someone who deserves this kind of recognition. And like people keep asking him about like steven spielberg yeah. and stuff and have you seen he recently yeah, said yeah at, at the luncheon steven yeah. sends him a christmas oh present. that was at the holly the, the round table yeah yeah they also took a picture at the the luncheon that just yeah, happened. yeah they're exactly. so cute they're very cute yeah. and i've loved him since i saw indiana jones yeah and the crystal not the crystal skull i hate that one <laughs> temple of doom temple of doom like that i know how bad it is for indians but it's yeah. still my favorite one because it's because it has indians. the indians yeah, exactly. yeah it's a double-edged sword yeah yes he's villain shit Best Supporting Actress, I'll go first. Okay. Will win. Mm-hmm. It's probably Angela Bassett mm-hmm. in a okay performance. Mm-hmm. Should win. Stephanie Sue. So we're in the same boat. Yeah. I'm thinking the yeah. exact same thing as you. I'm secretly hoping that Stephanie does push it over the ed- edge. I would even be okay with Jamie Lee Curtis winning. Yeah, I would too. Only because I don't think she's spectacular in this, but I do think Jamie Lee Curtis winning I think- an Oscar. Angela Bassett has two really great scenes yeah. in Black Panther Wakanda Forever, but I don't think it's compelling enough to say like this is the best supporting yes. actress performance yeah. of the year. No. And I think this is more of a, if she wins, it would be more because of Angela Bassett's history of work. Mm-hmm. I think her being black plays a part in it. Yeah. And that would be it. A lot of people still feel like she should have won for what's love got to do with you it. And they feel that. like this is retribution for that. Sure. That's yeah. always what happens, right? You never win for Someone the Someone wins for yeah. something that they should have won. Exactly. Uh, Renee Zelliger in Cold Mountain. <laughs> I mean, Kate Winslet in everything. Yeah. I mean, she's Nicole Kidman gone. in The Hours. Like, there's, yeah. there, there is so many Viola Davis and Fences. Like, there's so many. many these are ironically all women, but it happens with men, too. Honestly, I forget the men's awards. Yeah, sometimes. I get why I do. I don't know if you do. But... No, I don't forget them. <laughs> yeah. I do find that sometimes the men's... Wins are more obvious. Yeah. That's just There's usually think. one front there's runner. Usually, which is ironic because our next choice is Best <laughs> Actor, Mita. Where there's three. There's three. But neither of us have seen The Whale. No, we haven't. So I don't think we're... Are we allowed to say? I think we have to say based on what we've seen. Okay. And even based on what we know because we do follow the race. Okay. Fair. I'm going first. Yeah. Will win? I 
feel like it's gonna go to Austin Butler. So really? I think that it might happen. Okay. And should win though is Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Because this, it, it is a very good performance. Yeah. It's still a career win too. Colin I Farrell. I think Colin Farrell has come so far yes. from like early two thousands. Yeah. Colin Farrell, and he's done. He makes really interesting, unique choices yeah. that not many actors do. Of his caliber, yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, the performances that I've seen in the last like decade have just been so good and they're a lot of them are things that you wouldn't necessarily get nominated yeah. for and so i feel like now is his time to shine yeah yeah i think will win will be brendan okay i think his story mm-hmm. is just way more, and brendan is universally liked mm. i don't know if there's anyone like kiwi aside brendan fraser as a celebrity especially is so well liked yeah i just i think it's hard for him to lose should win his column yeah. It's a career, but also he is very good in Banshees. Yeah. He's very good in Banshees. He carries that film. And I think when you watch Colin Farrell in Banshees, you feel that way about him. Mm-hmm. You're watching a good actor giving a good performance, but you're like, man, you try things. Yeah. You try. You put yourself out there. You experiment. You And it's interesting. If you watch him in his Hollywood Reporter Roundtable, he's so self-aware mm-hmm. of like, I... I shouldn't be here. I really screwed things up. And like, I thought highly of myself. And like, he's so, it's actually, it makes you really like Colin Farrell yeah. as a person. And he gave such a great speech at the Golden Globes. I really, I'd be so happy to be wrong about this. Because Colin Farrell, I think people forget, so easily could be a Charlie Sheen. Yeah. And he turned it around. Yeah, he turned it around. Like, really did. And yeah. like, good for him, man. Mm-hmm. So I do hope he wins. But yeah, I think Brendan. You think? I think it might go to Austin. All right. Yeah. Best but, actress. Oh, okay. You first. No, you first. Oh, best actress. Yeah. Oh, best right. Support. Best actress. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Oof, this is a tough one. Yeah. I'm crossing my fingers mm-hmm. and will and should will be Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel the same way. I think obviously it's between Michelle and Kate. Michelle yeah. Yeoh and Kate Blanchett. I think Michelle Yeoh has enough industry clout and like industry history that people are going to be like yo this woman has been around long enough to deserve this mm-hmm. i really hope i think kate blanchard is excellent and like overall yes she deserves an oscar either one of them could win it mm-hmm. i just hope she doesn't win this time i think kate blanchett wants michelle yo to yes win. that's what i think too yeah, yeah. and i think kate blanchett has been strategic in like her interviews and in her acceptance speeches especially like her critics choice mm-hmm. one where she is isolating herself from a lot of these, like, voting members yeah. and sort of trying to say, like, oh, I don't deserve this. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. why are you doing this? And I think she is trying to, like, give that push to Michelle Yeoh because it is so deserved. It's so deserved. None of the actresses in this category with her are able to do what she does. And she could easily do a lot of their roles. Maybe not Marilyn, but... <laughs> Maybe not Marilyn. And I... that, to, to Anna Darmus's credit. Yes. Yes. However, there is somebody in that category who also has done Marilyn and, and was nominated yeah. for it. And I've never seen My Week with Marilyn, but even from the trailer, it looks like she did a very nice job. It's a that. very different movie, yes, though. Yes, yes, like, yes. Like, Anna's Marilyn is not the Marilyn. Like, I think when you're looking at that movie, you have to forget that it is Marilyn, mm-hmm. but then that movie doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's what the issue yeah, is. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, they are very different Marilyns. I prefer the Michelle Williams Marilyn. I'll just say yeah, that. Yeah, because I think I just like Michelle Williams more, too. Yeah, I yeah. do like her. 
I think. I want her to have an Oscar. At some point. Like, not for this movie, but at some point she it deserves It should have been Oscar. for Brokeback. Oh, Jack Nasty. Jack Nasty. <laughs> how do you do that? I know. Yeah. How do you do that with a straight face? She's, <sighs> and she's proven over the years that she's so much more than Dawson's Dawson. Creek. Yeah. yeah. Which is great. It's really nice to do, see that. Do you watch Abbott Elementary? Yeah, I do. Do you know that Joe? Have no, you I don't. Have latest season? I haven't watched this season. Oh, okay. I won't say it. Yeah. yeah. I, but I love Michelle Williams and I do like Abbott Elementary too. Okay. But I'm going to watch it when it's all out. When that joke comes to you, text me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I will. Okay, so these nominees um, and choices we've been announcing on our Instagram, we have two that we haven't. One is Best Director, and you'll hear it here first, but we will be putting this out on Friday, and then our last for Best Picture we'll be putting out on Sunday. Yeah. But again, you hear our choices first. Mm -hmm. Best Director, Mita. This is a tough one, right? It's a tough one. Can you read out the nominees to me again, Nadim? I just want to feel comfortable with my choice, because I think I know who will win. This is a tough one. Yeah. So we have Michael McDonough, Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inishrin, um, Todd Field for Tar, Ruben Ostland for mm-hmm. Triangle of Sadness, yes. Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinhardt for uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and a lesser known director <laughs> named Steven Spielberg for The Fableman. So I think Will Win is going to go to that, like, the, that lesser known director. Yeah. I think people really love an underdog story. Yes, absolutely. And this is the definition of an and underdog story. And I think story. that Steven is really going to pull through on yeah, that. Yeah, Should he win? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Who should win? I think the Daniels yeah. should win for this category. It's such a feat. It's such yeah. a feat. They are, This is their second film. Yeah. And they had such a small budget for what they do in this yeah. movie. And like, I... Don't think there are any other directors that could do exactly what they do. Do you know there were five or seven people who did the special effects on them? Two of which were them too. That's insane. It's insane, yeah. It's really insane when you watch the movie. I saw it a second time, not again, but like I talked about this. And you really, it's such a complex film Mm -hmm. and such a non-Oscar film. Mm -hmm. I think the movie deserves so much credit for just getting here. Yeah. I am putting all my eggs in this basket, and I think it will win. Oh. I think the Daniels will win. Interesting. And should win. I think the Academy will want a career win again for Steven. Steven it's been does a while. not need it. It's been a while. It's and like I Marilyn. Think... It's in Marilyn. It's like, yeah, it is like Mer- Meryl Streep winning. Yeah, it's it is like Meryl Streep winning. Yeah, this is this is his Iron Lady. People are nervous about his age. People think that this is going to be... I don't think it's going to be his last film. But people think it's his last film. People, He's 75. Like, honestly, I do see him being, like, a Yash Chopra, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, will die yeah. before his last... Like, as he's making his yeah. last film. He's Jupta Kajan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's, like, going anywhere. Yeah. But I think people think he's going somewhere. And I think they might be like, okay, let's give him one last one before he goes. And the Daniels have a career ahead of them. Yeah. The Daniels feel like young Steven Spielbergs to me, mm. but better. <laughs> I think that like whole generation of like older directors, Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese, Francis Ford Coppola, there's like Ridley Scott, there's like a, a, an entire generation of directors that is going to be wiped out in the next decade. And I think that will be big when it happens because it's probably going to happen pretty quickly but i'm i'm just putting good juju out in the energy for two men who made an exemplary film 
this year. Yeah. Okay, Mita. Okay. We're going to rank them. Let's... So, 10 to 1. Uh-huh. We're going to go back and forth. Okay. So, starting with 10. I'll start with 10. Okay. Avatar. 10 for me is Elvis. Really? Yeah. Okay. Huh. So, now you do 9. Okay. That's what we'll go. 9 for me is the Fablemans. Okay. Yeah. 9 for me is Elvis. Okay. Interesting. Very fascinating. Yeah. 8 for me, uh-huh. you're going to be a little surprised, is Women Talking. Okay. 8 for me is Avatar. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 7. 7. Okay. <laughs> Forgot what we're doing. 7 for me is All Quiet on the Western Front. Okay. Yeah. 7 for me is Top Gun. There you go. 6. 6. The Pablemans. Okay. 6 for you. 6 for me is Top Gun. Okay. Yeah. Top 5 now. Yeah. I see what's left. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah. 5. Five. Five for me is a woman talking. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Five for me yeah. is Triangle of Sadness. Oh. Four for me. Yeah. All Quiet. Okay. Four for me, Triangle of Sadness. <laughs> I figured the top three would be like yeah. the same and it yeah. was everything else. But that is super interesting. Yeah. Uh, so you like Triangle Sadness way more than All Quiet then? I did. I... For, so my ranking is like... To my personal taste. Yeah, this is to my personal taste. Okay, this is yeah. my this is my top ten. Not I, what I think the Academy did. I yeah. can see myself watching Triangle of Sadness again and again yeah. and not watching All Quiet. All Quiet. On the Western okay. Pride. That's yeah. fair. Where were we? We were at three. Yeah. Top three. Okay. So who's going? I think we messed it up. We forgot who went. You just go. I'll go. Yeah. Tar. Oh, three for me yeah. is Banshees. Okay. Oh. Two. Two is Tar. Two is Banshees. Okay. So number one is everything, everything everywhere, everywhere all at once. once. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, I think it's going to win. Yeah. I think it should win. Okay. I think the only movie that could upset it, even though I like Banshees more, I think Tar has the possibility to upset it. Mm-hmm. Unless all hell breaks loose and the Fablemans wins. Okay. I would be wildly disappointed if that happened. Were you surprised with my Avatar placement? Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about it. Those three films, my bottom three, which are Avatar, uh, Elvis, and The Fablemans, yeah. I'm not going to rewatch any of them. And so then I went to, like, what is actually, like, interesting filmmaking. Yeah. And, like, Elvis, to me, is just too much. There's yeah. too much happening. I'm not, I don't, I yeah. can't, I literally physically couldn't Couldn't watch focus, it. yeah. Yeah, I couldn't focus. And then The Fablemans is just like, okay, it's nice, it's ho-hum. Yeah. Um, but then, like, Avatar does do some really amazing things. Technically. Technically. Yeah. And I think that that should be appreciated. Yeah. It's not necessary. It's not a necessary movie. Yeah. But it does things. And so I'll give him that. Okay. And Canadian. Okay. And Canadian. <laughs> That's fine. I do like that uh, Triangle, at least, made it into the top five for both of us. Yeah. That's nice. There we go. Yeah. You know, little things. Yes. Okay. But speaking of best picture winners, dun dun dun! I don't know why that would be. The oh, but just before we get there, yeah, I really do hope everything everywhere. Wins. Oh my gosh, I'm praying every day. Yeah, <laughs> I, really hope it, I really hope it has a big sweep that night. I just feel like it's gonna be. It'll feel like 2019 again. Mm-hmm. 2019 felt so fresh and so exciting, yeah. and it was. It was representation. It was like an actual worthy yeah. film of the win. And I want that same feeling again. I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the best movie ever made. No. I give it four stars. Okay. And I would give Banshees four stars too. Yes. 
and I would give, against my own rule, tar like 3.75. Mm-hmm. But I think what everything does and it accomplishes and stands for is so much more important than mm-hmm. that. And I think, because I think, I think when I watched everything the second time, I realized, oh, this is actually quite convoluted. It's a very complex film, probably a little overly complex. I don't care. I think so many things about it work so well, and it's so it's so important. And I think we need a best picture winner that is that is like this. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's the best movie ever made, just like you said, yeah. but it's the best movie of this this year. Yeah, I would. My personal choice, I would probably it would be between that and Banshees. Okay. I ranked it higher because I do think it's going to win, and yeah. I think it should win, and all of that. But I, you're also a dark and moody person. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and Banshees did hit a nerve. Yeah. An existential that, nerve. Yeah. That, that movie was for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. Speaking about a movie that was not for me. Uh-huh. What did we watch this week? <laughs> <laughs> this week in Nadim, we watched Oliver. We watched Exclamation Oliver. point. Exclamation point. Would you like an IMDb description? Because it's not like I watched it. Yeah, there you go. So the IMDb description for Oliver, because that's how Exclamation it's spelled, point. is as follows. After being sold to a mortician, young orphan Oliver Twist runs away and meets a group of boys trained to be pickpockets by an elderly mentor in 1830s London. It's the 1830s? It's old, man. <laughs> yeah. What? I thought it was like early 1900s. Yeah. It's the yeah. 1930s. Yeah. <laughs> Oliver, um, in case you didn't know, is a musical. Mm-hmm. Yes. And two and a half hours. Two and a half hours yeah. long musical. One... One really big standout to me with this movie is the amount of time it took after this movie won for another musical to win. Oh, really? Yes. So what? what is the gap? The next musical to win Best Chicago? Picture is Chicago. Get out! Yeah. That's... Because so many musicals <laughs> won up until this point. Yeah. I was literally watching it thinking, I think musicals are the genre that dominated. No, 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 no. Let's do the math on that. This came out in 1968, uh, 34 years until another musical wins Best Picture. That's interesting. Yeah. I did not realize. I'm sure there's a few nominees well, in there. Well, so this is why I know this fact. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, we're going into Oliver. We just had two really phenomenal musicals. We had My Fair Lady and The Sound of Music. And West Side Story. And West Side Story. But I meant like back to back. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, oh, musicals are winning the game. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I was like, I wonder if there's any other musicals we're going to get to watch in this time. And so I started to look at the list. And I was like, that's not a musical. And that's not a musical. And that's not. And then I Googled it just to make sure. Because what if there's a movie I've never seen and it's musical? It's musical. And yeah, it's not until 2002. Another movie wins. Wow. Yeah, another musical wins Best Picture. I wish I'd almost known that. Going into it? Yeah, because I feel like... I almost took it for granted. Oh, interesting. I don't think I took it for granted, and I think I know why another musical doesn't win until 34 years later. This isn't that great. Yeah. I. (laughs) And I I also think people who love this musical have that childhood connection to it. And I don't know about you. That doesn't exist for me. I'd never seen this. I've never seen this. I know the story of like mm. Oliver Twist. 
I've heard of Charles Dickens. <laughs> and I know some I mean, of the songs. Exactly. I've heard some of the songs before, but I've never seen it. And I also have never seen the cartoon that's like yeah. about it. I think there is a cartoon, right? Uh, and I just know the Artful Dodger reference from an episode of Gilmore Girls. Yeah. And so like I just have no personal connection yeah. to it whatsoever. And as I was watching it, it's like this is something that child me though would actually probably really enjoy. Like British accents mm-hmm. and sing song and yeah. dance and like oh, he just wants more porridge. Like, there's a lot there that would be, like, something I'd enjoy as a kid. But as an adult, I had a really hard time connecting or, like, at least getting to my inner child, which doesn't happen often for me. Like, I can kind of dig in there and get her out. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't with this. I was just like, I don't want to watch this right now. This is, it's, like, too much. Yeah. Yeah. I also felt... Okay, there's two things, there's two very conflicting feelings I personally have about this. Yeah. I felt this is an extremely long-winded movie mm-hmm. about nothing, mm, really. Yeah. Like, I, I was kind of, the story was kind of, like, jumbled, and I didn't really care what happened to Oliver. Like, he's almost exactly. too, in the movie. He's not compelling. He's not a compelling character, and he's just this, like, sweet-faced, sweet-voiced little kid. Yeah. But has no dimension about him. I'm sorry, in my mind, I'm just like, this poor orphan boy is not compelling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he's not. He's just got he's no just history. Like, kind of there. Like, he's a cute little yeah. white, blonde, blue yeah. eyed boy. But the freaking choreography in this oh, movie that is, is like pretty mind blowing. Really it's good. so spectacular. Yes. The, the songs, this is like. This is like when you watch a Bollywood movie and you're like, oh, watch it for the songs? Yeah. That's why you're watching Oliver. You're literally, the songs, the, we have not seen this kind of choreography before or even after. Mm-hmm. This is really, it's something to experience, really. Like, the way it starts when you're in the orphanage and the kids are walking okay, down and so, the stairs yeah. and you're like, oh, I feel like I'm in for something. And I feel like so much choreography afterwards, like in film, but also in like school plays, <laughs> mimics yeah. what was done in yeah. this, which is like really spectacular. But then that was kind of, I was watching it and thinking like, that's really great. I don't care about any of the story. And what I've liked about the musicals we've watched before is that the story, story component. Yeah. Because you could say the same thing about An American in Paris. The no, choreography in that is pretty, it's beautiful dance. It's not a lot of moving components, but it's beautiful dance. It's beautiful Gene Kelly, Mita. There's a difference. No, the dance in that is it's, really beautiful, Nadim. It's Gene Kelly. It's the dance. <laughs> I don't think so. It's not, not the same way. She is a very good dancer as well. But not in this like large scale choreographed way. But that. I'm and, and, saying that it's not large scale choreographed, but the dance itself is what is the only like compelling part. Sure, of the film. but I do think that even look, I did not like an American in Paris. Yes, we know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've heard. If you heard or heard, I yeah. did not like an American in Paris. I do think that, and fine, there's a significant time difference because that's in the fifties, forties, fifties. Yeah, it's like a while back. Yeah. We're talking like within a decade. And I think, fine, there's advancements in terms of, like, lensing and photography and cinematography. Mm-hmm. The cinematography compiled with the dance is, it's it's stunning. There's, like, a scene where the kids are, where they're meant to go out onto, meant to go pickpocketing, and there's a song about, mm-hmm. like, make sure you come back, whatever. And, like, he's on a, he's on a bridge, and the kids are dancing down there, and they're, like, moving yes. through it. And it's, like, it's amazing the like the way they're the able depth to do that. and yeah. the 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 intricacy of it it's it's really something to watch and 
experience and understand this was one of the few movies where I didn't like the songs. Yeah. And I thought the movie itself was boring, but I was watching the songs for the choreography. I was watching the, those kids dance. And they were the synchronization <laughs> yeah. and the like, the the devotion and like, I saw an IMDb, this won a special award for choreography, so rightly deserved. Yeah. Because that's so hard to do. And I will say it is the reason probably this won Best Picture. Mm. I don't think... Are we getting there? What? To like, what else was... Nominated in the year? No, we're not. Okay. Well, oh, yeah, well, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there in a minute. I know there's something you want to talk about. <laughs> I will talk about that, but we'll yes. get there. <laughs> I want. I just think that, like, I don't think we've seen anything like this. And I effing love West Side Story. And that is fresh, but this is actually better. Dance-wise. Dance. Okay. Not movie-wise. <laughs> I was like, Nazim. <laughs> not movie-wise, because I dance think Dance-wise, yes. Dance, literal just dance and conception-wise. I would say this is actually stronger. But I, also the dance for West Side Story makes sense for yes, West Side Story. Yes, for West Side Story. Story. Absolutely. And like the dance for this makes sense because it needs it. And that's the, the one thing I will say is that I love the dance in West Side Story. It's yes. the thing that I love about most about West Side Story is the dance and the choreography and this, the, the way it brings sex and sexuality into it and all of that. Like mm-hmm. I think it's such a it's such a fun film to watch and cool with the snapping. Yes. Like it, I love it all. Yeah. It's a the, whole new tone. That that should give you an insight into how, at least from my perspective, how really in, enticing and impressive the choreography is in this and the scale of the production. Mm-hmm. It's a really something it's like... A, it's a feature. It's like a it's feature. feature film. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just wish it had a story to match. But that's all that there is to this. Yeah. There's nothing there. Like, even no. with The Sound of Music... Like, I know we talked about how it tacks on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tacks like, on the Nazis and the war. That's still a really interesting story in itself. I know oh, that's the, such an interesting the story. The more interesting story is, like, what happens after. Yeah. But the love story of Captain Von Trapp and Maria is, like, is beautiful. And that movie works in that sense. Yeah. But this story of, like, an orphan boy who gets sold to a mortician and is in this, like, deep, seedy underworld of pickpocketing, which is very Slumdog Millionaire, <laughs> who then, like, finds... Ooh, by the way, does it better. Better, yeah. Because yeah. uh, it's... It, I can't believe I'm saying this. Slumdog Millionaire is, like, more truthful and more grittier yeah. than... Yeah. Than, than Oliver. Is, I would hope so. Than Oliver is... Um, who then finds his, like, long-lost uncle? That really pissed me <laughs> off. I hate coincidences that are that, the like... The coincidence in this is Yeah, just like, I was just like, really? 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 I was like, I'm not buying this, and neither should you. And I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, like, Annie is the better orphan. Yeah, <laughs> gonna she's think the more about, interesting orphan. Right? She's yeah. cuter. <laughs> she's, you know, she's waiting for that son to come out. But Oliver just has no, no dimension. No dimension. He's a, very, he's a very passive main character. Things I, happen to him. Oliver doesn't do anything himself. I feel bad saying it, because it's also, it's a child. Yeah. <laughs> like, how much dimension is a child? Yo. You want to talk about dimension, you just mentioned Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. That kid has agency. Mm. And, like, he grows up to be an adult, fine. But even when he's a kid, when Jamal is a kid, he still has agency. Mm-hmm. He still has interest. He still does things. Oliver does nothing. He just exists. He just exists, and the movie happens around him. What could be done, though? I don't know. Oliver does things. <laughs> like, Oliver could literally do anything. He does nothing. He except sort of Except around. be precocious. Mm. And I think... The first note of that was in my head. The main line from this, please, sir, I want some more. Yeah. I thought he was a rebel. 
I've never oh. seen this. And I thought that like, he's hungry. He's going to ask for more. He was going to start uh, yeah. uprising. Not that he picked the longest straw and he was forced to do it. And then, you know what I mean? I was just like, oh, wait. Oliver's a pushover. Oliver's a pushover. It's he, really Dodger we should be looking yes, out exactly. for. Yeah. Which is why he got the Oscar nomination. I didn't look that up. Yes, he did. Dodger got Dodger, an Oscar Dod- Dodger and Fagan got Oscar noms. Fagan makes sense to Fagan me. Fagan makes sense to me too. Yeah. But Dodger does too. Oh, interesting. Uh, th- because he's more compelling as a character. Yeah, she all is. Of I agree with that. Oliver's I just didn't think any of the children were getting Oscar noms. No. Noms. <laughs> no. I- I'm glad he did too because he- he's quite good in it. None of them won, right? No. Okay. <laughs> None of them won. But it does beg the question yeah. of why did this win? Hi. Yeah. Are we getting there now? We're getting there. Okay. Let me let me just pull up my computer. Please. Gentle. I'm gonna drink some water. Okay, we're gonna go into <laughs> we're gonna go into what was nominated, and then I will mention what wasn't nominated, because that's a bigger discussion. Yeah. We have the lion in the winter. I've never seen it. No, Rachel, Rachel. I've never seen it. Romeo and Juliet. I have seen it. And Funny Girl. <laughs> You've never seen it. I've right? never seen Funny Girl. Okay. Now we're going to talk about the ones that even weren't nominated. Mm-hmm. We have 2001 A Space Odyssey, mm-hmm. Planet of the Apes, mm-hmm. The Producers, mm-hmm. and Rosemary's Baby. I, did I put that one you last? You did. I, Purposely put that one last there for you. Let's I... talk about that. Okay. How? How? <laughs> well, actually, I wait, get how. I, get actually. how. Yeah. I actually understand how none of those movies were nominated. I think it's a why more than a how. I even get the why. Because who? <laughs> yeah. When? It's one of those things where you're like, I'm looking at this list and I'm like, that's wild. But then I'm thinking, I'm like, who Wait, was going to nominate? It was 1960. It was 1960. But this is this is what shocks me though is just last year we had in the heat of the night we had this, yes. this beginning of like grit and grounded drama. And next year we have midnight cowboy. We have more grit and yeah. more grounded. Dra- well, not grounded, but drama. Yeah, drama. <laughs> yeah. And why are we, you know, popping in this rated G movie yes. all of a sudden? Like it's so when you this year's particularly the ups and downs because we go from I just want to I just want to look at what won in the sixties, and I want to go. I just want to quickly call them out because we have The Apartment, yeah, West Side Story, uh-huh. Lawrence of Arabia, Tom Jones, My Fair Lady, The Sound of Music. Then we go to In the Heat of the Night, yeah. Bounce back to Oliver, uh-huh. and then just go to the other side of the world with Midnight Cowboy. Yeah, that's so wow. Because huh. if you take out In the Heat of the Night, uh-huh. this list actually does make sense. Yes, like that kind of all correlates. It's yeah, a sort of family friendly musical. Aside from like West Side Story, that is a little bit more gritty and actually is talking actually talking about race. Talking about race, but I think children could watch it. Yeah. I don't see a problem with my kid watch. Like I don't have a kid. Sorry, no, no, no. A kid, a kid watching it. Yeah, yeah, West Side Story is approachable to many. Like yeah, sort of these like poppy jaunt kind of lighter, well made lighter fare. Yes. Yeah. To. A jump to something really like hardcore, I guess, really for that hardcore. time, and then back to that jump of yeah, it's so strange. It's yeah, that's like it's really odd. Yeah, it's really odd because 
when we talked about in the heat of the night last week, like something like um, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner yeah. is lighter fare. Yes. And probably would have, like, I know The Graduate was nominated, yeah. but probably would have been more acceptable in like all those other films that we just listed. But even The Graduate would have almost fit a little bit better. Yeah. Like, fine, it's a little bit more serious and like has bigger themes, but tonally it's lighter. But I think, I'm what I'm trying to think, like, the rest of the 60s are, aside from like Lawrence of, no, Lawrence of Arabia is still very approachable. That's what like yeah. this whole decade, I think this is interesting, we're looking at a decade because we haven't done this yet. Yeah. But I think it's because these have more familiar films for us. But if you look at the decade in total, it is a lot of, like, what is for an, an audience mm. outside of, like, film critics and people who are distinguished. And these are all very approachable films. And if I'm looking at something like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner versus The Graduate, The Graduate still has a lot of, like, cerebral qualities to it yeah. that the Guess Who's Coming to Dinner doesn't have. But then In the Heat of the Night wins. That's what's so strange. Yeah. Like, what happened that what year? What happened that year? Did somebody poison the Kool-Aid? Like, but, like, I... you did mention last week that mm -hmm. when your fa you asked your father when he saw it, he said it was interesting. Yeah. Maybe, I think, uh, retrospectively, it was, we can't see what was so interesting. Because if we're like, well, racism is bad and it's still hard for black people. It's like, nothing is interesting about that. Mm -hmm. It could have been groundbreaking at the time. Yeah. Well, it probably probably was, was. Yeah. But it's still not something that I would like go take my kid and go see. I don't think it's that kind of a movie. You might take your teenager to go see it though. Fair. But like you're taking kids to the sound of the music. You're taking kids to My Fair Lady. You're taking children to You could take them to West Side Story. Yeah. You mm. could take them to Lawrence of Arabia so they can have a nap and you can watch a movie. Yeah. <laughs> this is this weird like up and down. It's confusing. Mm -hmm. And especially because retrospectively, there are some great films nominated this year. Yeah. You know, not nominated. I think, I know we didn't love 2001, but I get where it stands in history. Yes. And then there is Rosemary and her mother effing baby. Baby. Yeah. Which, Which has standed the test, the test of time. time and remains one of the greatest horror movies ever made. But I wonder in that time. Did people understand Rosemary's Baby for what it was trying to tell us? I can't speak to that. But, no, I mean, that's yeah. fair. Did people really I think, get that concept or is it something that came later? Unfortunately, I think just horror just has a bad rap. And yeah. I think if you're ending on a movie that is trying to show the Antichrist instantly, it doesn't matter, I think, to certain people. It's a horror movie. It's silly. When What other horror movies? are Psycho. Okay, yeah. I'm trying to think what else was before, because I was like... Psycho's not really horror, though. But it is. By convention, by this time, I think. But what was horror in that time? I don't even know. Exactly. Like, it's not until probably, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm not remembering the year, but I yeah. think it's, like, 73. 70s. Do you kind of get the horror genre that we know today? Whereas, like, Rosemary's Baby is psychological horror thriller. Yes, yeah. but it does have the devil, even Which, though he's raping there a woman. you go, that's yeah. going to deter that's, people. That's a deterrent, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's a deterrent, <laughs> and I think the fact that it ends on, like, something occult yeah. takes it out of that psychological. Like, I think instantly voters are, I think voters are not paying attention to it the way it needs to be paid attention, attention to. to. And that you need to take that aspect yeah. of it and look at it more from the like actual social construct that and it is. And it's not until The Exorcist, which comes out in 73, Three. that you actually, I think, have a movie that's 
that people pay attention to. Was that nominated? It was. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. If you're comparing the two, I do find The Exorcist to be more of an approachable movie. Really? Yeah. It's a woman and her child that's grown and her child is going through something. There isn't the the psychosis that Rosemary goes through. I think the audiences of that time would actually believe, well, like, she is being crazy. I don't think people understood gaslighting the way we do now. But wouldn't that make the experience better? Of, like, watching the movie? Yeah. Yes, I'm saying that, yes. Like, yeah. now I'm saying this in 2023, and that makes sense to me, but at that time... No, but I'm even saying at that time, if you think she's acting crazy, and then at the end of the movie, oh, well, she was right. Like, don't you feel, like... I don't think vindicated or don't, don't you feel like you've experienced something? We are a developed audience now in the future. I don't know if audiences were like that then. Yeah. Which is why it sort of became this under the rug film that are is loved by film people. Yeah. I don't want to call them anything that they don't want to be called. <laughs> film buffs. Film yeah. buffs. Film, film nerds. nerds. Yeah, film yeah. nerds for sure. And oftentimes it's film nerds who love Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Because it is a sophisticated film and I think it's... But it's easily dismissed. Whereas what you and I love about The Exorcist, which is more of like its aspects on religion Mm -hmm. and the story it's telling, that makes sense for film nerds and film buffs. But I think some people just like to watch that movie because they want to see that girl's head spin around. Yeah, for sure. And there's less horror Mm -hmm. in Rosemary's Baby. Spoiler alert. A girl's head spins around in The Exorcist. Oh my god. Mitha just ruined The Exorcist for everybody out there. They're remaking it. Don't worry, guys. I'm actually really interested to see. It's a sequel. It's not a remake. Yeah. That's why I'm... And they have Ellen Burstyn. Ellen Burstyn. Do they have Linda Blair? I don't know. I'm interested. You still haven't watched the Halloween trilogy, eh? Oh, I probably won't. We digress, but... digress. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, back to Oliver... Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> Honestly, because Oliver is forgettable. He's like so ho We get to the intermission as well, and there's that song about the roses. I'm like, why is this here? Why, why are we here? Why are we here? Why are we wasting time about the beautiful day and the roses? Give me some story. Give me some Give meat. Give me something. Like, I, I watched this and I was like, I kind of I kind of want to see the new Matilda musical mm-hmm. just to see if it's better. Yeah. <laughs> because there is this thing about orphans in musicals. Yeah, that's weird, actually. That's, like, that's really true, interesting. Yeah. That's the third one that I can think of. But I, I've i seen some of the dances on the internet. Have you seen the no. Matilda? Oh. That's impressive? The, it is very impressive. Yeah. And, like, it's like Matilda gets down. Like, yeah. it's pretty cool to watch. And it's that same sort of captivating like choreography between all these children like it's children dancing it's not adults like you and i and it's pretty amazing but i also know the story of matilda already and i do like that story yeah so i want to watch that that's the only great thing that came out of watching this for me though is i was like oh i'm gonna watch matilda yeah yeah (laughs) again like it's just literally was just the choreography yeah and it is amazing choreography I do like the accents. No, and the production <laughs> is great. Some of the acting is nice. Like, this is not a bad film. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. It's just, retrospectively, there were many other movies that should have won this award. Yeah. But I guess I kind of get why it won. I do. I think the ones that we are probably more focused on, which is, like, 2001 and Rosemary's Baby, are just a little bit outside of, like, what I imagined the Academy was like then, out of their approach. I don't even think they'd get nominated this year, to be quite honest. 
Like in this day and age. In this day. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, I think maybe no, because like obviously we have better technology. No, like, but I mean in terms of like themes and ideas and things like oh, that. Oh, you don't think I, Rosemary would? I don't. Because I think that that could have some. You think compelling? I think if it had the right producers, and I think if it had the right people behind it, maybe. I think then it would. If it was like an A twenty four movie, I think it would. It's not like Hereditary got nominated. I think A24 was still, like... A24 fresh. isn't so, like, awardsy though. They don't push. They don't, but they push some things. They're pushing everything. Yeah. But maybe that's because everything landed to them. Mm. Rather than the other way around. Way around? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have sequel people ideas? For Oliver? Yeah. <laughs> I want to know about his mom. Yeah, she like, probably what? has an interesting she story. She died, right? She seems slutty. Yeah. She had a good story. So she, yeah. She had a kid. You know. She disappeared. Let's see what that's. She was up rich. To. Like, why did she leave? Well, because she got pregnant. Got pregnant. Yeah. But like, or, but wouldn't that be reason to be like, "Hey, rich family, take care of me." But I mean, at the time, I don't know in what the eighteen thirties were like. That's as an true. unwed mother, honestly, that's a compelling story. Yeah, unwed right. Mother. I mean, that's kind of fantine. It's lame as. Yeah. Yeah. We know what happens to her. Can I say that? The choreography in this is like more interesting than the choreography that is in Lame Is. Yes. The choreography <laughs> is, is the star of this film. Tom. Huh? Tom, Tom, take a look, take at, this a look at this movie. But also, like, the choreography is meant to be whimsical in this. Yes. And it, it is a children's movie. It is 100% whimsical. Movie. Is it rated G? I'm sure it is. What is Sound of Music rated? Probably G as well. It's not PG? No. There's nothing about this. There's Nazis. Music. and. But we don't talk about, they're just Nazis. Same. Bill Sykes is kind of scary. I need this. to I look at surprised. Just, just to make sure. Because then I want to know, like, are there any other G-rated Oscar-winning movies? Is G okay? So no, they quote big ladies. No, no, sorry. I get that. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so then, tell me your rating. I, <laughs> I think you know my rating. I wholeheartedly agree. Like, the only compelling part of this film is the actual dance yeah. itself, because. For those of you who are not dancers, <laughs> it is really hard to get that many people in sync on the right moves, and it takes a lot of takes. So I can only imagine the amount of work that went into choreographing this and then making them as seamless as they appear, because this isn't made in 2023 when you can sort of edit some pieces and maybe take out one of the dancers because they're not quite right. Uh, it's also not just dance. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's not. Movement. It's movement. Yeah. It, it. There's an attempt at making like, a, telling a story through that dance. Mm -hmm. Like especially in something like uh, Consider Us, there's like those those people like there's there's an attempt at doing something with yes. that dance. It's not just movement and dancing to a beat. There's really a story being told with that movement. Yes, they are trying to tell a story yeah. with their movement. But in 2023, you can kind of finesse with that a little bit. In 1968, how do you get that group of children? I think that's a big point to make, too, that these are children. They're not adults who have been practicing dance their entire lives. It's children doing these steps in unison in a movement that tries to move a story that has no rhythm. Yes. They are the only rhythm in this whole story. But the actual story itself is just so lackluster. Right. There isn't anything compelling about Oliver. And I I do know that if I had seen this when I was a kid and I learned the songs and had tried to do the dances, I probably, <laughs> I'm just like doing fake dances right now and Nadeem's laughing at me. But if I had tried to like learn those on my own, yeah. 
I probably would be giving this like a four star yeah. <laughs> review because if not a five star. Yeah, yeah, that sentiment and that like nostalgia just does not lie with me. And I couldn't tap into my inner child either and get yeah. there. And so I think that says a lot about a movie that is really jovial. Like it is a it is. very yeah. happy movie, but it didn't make me happy. Yeah. And there's really just like nothing to say about this other than there's really great choreogra- choreography in it. And I think that special award is definitely warranted. For sure. In terms of what else was like nominated for that year, Bunny Girl does have a better story, okay. in my opinion. I know you've never seen I've it. I've never seen Bunny. Um, can you read out to me what was nominated again? So it was... Because I don't think I'd seen the other Bunny ones. Bunny Girl? Yeah. There was... Okay. The Lion in the Winter. Uh-huh. Rachel, Rachel. Yeah. Romeo and Juliet. And then Funny Girl. I don't like Romeo and Juliet just because, like, I had to watch it in high school. Yeah. Like, that's I also find straight adaptions of Shakespeare really bland. Really boring. Yeah. But you also don't like the Baz version, so... I, I, I think that's I just more find with, Romeo and Juliet so yeah, boring. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's really just a blend. It's story. more about Romeo and Juliet than yeah. anything else. But, like... If I'm going to choose anything from that year, I do think it should be a film like Rosemary's mm-hmm. Baby, but I do understand why it didn't get nominated because um, it just it's a time and a place. It's just so f- the thing that is so like hard for me to go over is watching something like In the Heat of the Night and then the next year watching Oliver and thinking like what the hell happened yeah. here? What's going on? And so I can't even say if any of the other nominees also deserve Best Picture. I think this is a really weird year to look at because, yeah. like, I'm I'm not landing on any of the films that are there. That were nominated. That were nominated. You go into the other films, you're like, oh, yeah, something here. Something here. Something here. But that's me watching it in 2023. Yeah. Not me in 1968. So yeah. I don't know exactly where to land with that point. All I can say is that I don't think this deserved Best Picture because there's one thing that's going for it. And something that in a musical, you have to have all moving parts working. And this just has one moving part yeah. working. And so I'm landing in a two. Oh, wow. Because the dance is really good. The dance are the two stars. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's that. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I think what you nail on the head is something like West Side Story has everything working for it. Anita, for instance, is not just I'm great in America. She's great in the whole thing. Mm -hmm. You got to be great in the whole thing. It's not just one song that propels the film. It's not just, you know, and even something as complex as the dance at the museum, at at the gymnasium that moves into Mambo. Yeah. That is a, that is a dance that is telling a story, like, and I'm not just talking about the way, like, the way your body move is telling a story. That's literally a scene. Mm-hmm. You're seeing conflict. You're seeing We're cultural differences. Their yeah, their dynamics yeah. through dance. That is such an, a spectacular sequence because everything from the like the, the the two circles turning to them separating to mambo mambo, like it really to the transition to Maria and wet blanket speaking like seeing each other for the first time that's that's like it's just so dynamic even though the choreography is incredible the songs themselves are so forgettable and you know there's all the songs for instance that take place at the pickpockets hideout with fagan fagan is so like i forget his name but he is so committed to it yeah and he's so great in it and really deserves that nomination but those songs let him down 
They really do. I don't think they're they... They're so ho-hum. They're so ho-hum. Which I get for his character, but you could still do something, like, make them even more scary. Ron Moody, who should be called out because he is great. And, like, again, his choreography with them and, like, the movement and all of that and, like, you know, the kids themselves committing, everything is so... Even that weird song about, like, you know, you want my roses, who's going to buy my sweet roses and, like, how that transitions into this whole scene that runs for, like, ten minutes and eventually I'm just like, okay, where are we going with this? We don't need this right now. It still is something interesting to watch. But you need more. It needs to be more than that. The choreography is the star. The dancing is incredible. The song sequences, I will probably actually watch them on YouTube <laughs> because I actually really admire what she, what what is done here with dance is really impressive. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving also two stars, all of it going to the dance. Yeah. Yeah. Watch the dance sequences on YouTube. On YouTube. Yeah. And be super impressed. It's children. It's children. It's children and it's creative. But yeah. even the songs that aren't, like, again, consider yourself as not just children. But that sequence, for instance, where they're throwing meat, mm-hmm. there's, like four, there's like four levels of meat being thrown and somehow it's all working out. And that's all live. Yeah. It's all live happening. And one's throwing it here and the other one's throwing it there. And there's a dance happening at the same time. It's just, it is really, truly amazing to like watch and experience. And that's, those are the times where the movie does come alive. Yeah. And then it just falls falls flat (laughs) again. Yeah. So again, two stars. Two and two. Four. Two and two for Oliver. Exclamation point. Exclamation point. Yes. Oh, Mita. Okay. That was Oliver. There we go. We have a movie next week. Uh-huh. A very different movie next week. We do. But before we get there, mm-hmm. can I also just comment? Yeah. The movie just ends. For a movie that has such spectacular... I literally was watching him like, oh, how's this going to end? There's going to be a great song. There's going to be a great moment. No. It just ends. <laughs> and poor Nancy dies. Right? <laughs> Come on, guys. Okay, Mita, last week I had you connect Triangle Sadness to All Quiet on the Western Front. Yes. Now, how are you going to repay me? <laughs> I'm going to have you connect All Quiet on the Western Front okay. to okay. Elvis. Elvis. Have we El- done Elvis? Elvis. I don't think we did. I, I don't think we did, did we? I'm trying to think who I would have. Would have been Tom Hanks. Yeah, but I can't think of anything. Anyways, I'll be Whatever. There's so many few films. I know there's so few films. Yeah, that's true. So I gave you one. So there you go. <laughs> okay. Okay. Where's my timer? Oh right, sorry. Um, your timer starts now. Okay. Daniel Bruhl was in *Inglorious Bastards*, mm-hmm. directed by Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. who directed. Um. Once Upon a Time with Leonardo DiCaprio, mm-hmm. who directed Romeo and Juliet, which is directed by Baz Luhrmann. Okay, yeah, that's the a way to do it. Yeah. I was also thinking Leonardo is in Catherine Chewy Cam with Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there you yeah. go. You did it. Okay. 20 seconds. Was that it? There's no other, like, Oscar no- options right now? I couldn't think of what we have. Okay. I mean, Avatar, I guess, but I don't oh, want to right. talk about that. Well, maybe that'll happen next time. Who knows? I mean, that's really... That's probably where it's going, Mitha. (laughs) When we talk about what movie, Mitha? Next week, we're talking about Midnight Cowboy. We're ending the 60s. Yeehaw. With Midnight Cowboy. Mm -hmm. Have you seen Midnight Cowboy? Yeah, no. (laughs) No? 
<laughs> no, I yeah, haven't. This will be your first time it. seeing it. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Midnight Cowboy when I was watching things like In the Heat of the Night in my... 2005? Yeah, like around that time frame. So let's see what this looks like now. Yeah, 2023 and 2005 are very different. different. Yeah. <laughs> but that's all for next week. Okay. Mita, do you have some partying words? I do. Do you? Please, sir, I want more. No, no, no. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for Midnight Cowboy. Yeehaw! Have a lovely week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by no one. You can send us an email at moviestowatchpod at gmail.com, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at moviestowatchpod, and check out our litter box at movies, the number two, watch pod. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon. <laughs>